Hello, and welcome to the third and massively delayed episode of Not This Shit Again, the podcast where I, your host David Davies, tries to make sense of the utter nonsense that gets spouted by uninformed idiots online and also unfortunately in real life. You join me in what is apparently a spooky crypt where we're going to be talking about the one thing that's been lurking in the background of some people's thinking for an awful long time, but shots like a bullet straight to the top of the knobhead pops on your friend and, well, nobody else's. The Brighton bomb dodger himself, Norman Tebbit, came out with the following. Churchill was a great wartime leader in the fight to save this country and liberate our friends on the continent from the curse of Hitler's extreme left anti-Semitic German National Socialist Workers' Party regime. Just call them Nazis, mate, you know what, everyone knows what you're on about. The thing is, okay, anti-Semitic, that was kind of, you know, an awful lot of the point of the Nazi party. Um, They were German. Um, Extreme left, though? Yeah, that's where he's lost me. Extreme left. Oh, shit, he's coming. Run, run, run. I'll meet you back at the office. Now, to say Hitler understood the value of language would be an enormous understatement. Propaganda played a significant role in his rise to power, and to that end, he paid lip service to the tenets suggested by the name, like National Socialist German Workers' Party, Nazi Party. But his primary, indeed his sole focus, was on achieving power, whatever the cost, and advancing his racist, anti-Semitic agenda. Now, the Nazis didn't create the term National Socialism themselves, but the left-leaning Czech National Socialist Party and the right-leaning Austrian National Socialism movement predated the Nazi party in Germany. The term was added to the party's title in 1920, turning the German Workers' Party into the NSDAP. This, along with the manifesto, was done to appeal to the working classes. Mainstream historians have regularly disavowed claims that Hitler adhered to socialist ideology. The historian Richard Evans wrote of the Nazis' incorporation of socialist into their name in 1920. Despite the change in name, however, it would be wrong to see Nazism as a form of, or an outgrowth from, socialism. Nazism was in some ways an extreme counter-ideology to socialism. Or, as simply put by historian and Hitler expert Ian Kershaw, Hitler was never a socialist. By the way, read Ian Kershaw's biography of Hitler. It is stunningly well written. Now, in 1919, a Munich locksmith named Anton Drexler founded the Deutsche Arbeiterparty, DAP, German Workers' Party. At this stage in Germany's history, political parties were still a relatively new phenomenon, and the DAP, which was soon to be renamed the National Socialistische Deutsche Arbeiterparty, NSDAP, National Socialist German Workers' Party, or Nazi Party, you can see why they shortened it, can't you? Uh, in 1920, was one of several fringe players vying for influence in the early years of the Weimar Republic between the wars. Now, it's entirely possible that the Nazis would have remained a re- solely a regional party, struggling to gain recognition outside Bavaria if it hadn't been for Adolf Hitler. Hitler joined the party shortly after its creation. By some accounts, he had uh, member number num- 26 on his identity card. Uh, you know, there's nothing these people like better than carrying identity cards, let's face it. Um, and by July 1921, he'd achieved nearly total control 
of the entire party and its paramilitary apparatus. A lot of the power that was gained by the early Nazi party was due to the strong-arm tactics of the SA, its paramilitary wing. Basically, the black shirts. Now, at the time when Hitler joined the party, there were, as I said, he was number 26. If you joined a party or any club and you were member number 26, you'd probably not be thinking it was going too well. So, he did what pretty much every organisation ever does. They rejigged the numbers slightly. They reissued membership numbers. And Adolf Hitler, all of a sudden, was number 555. Quite an increase in numbers there. Now, Hitler obviously wasn't the only member. There were allegedly 554, at least, members. Two of these members were the brothers Otto and Gregor Strasser. Now, these guys did much to grow the party by trying to mellow the racist nationalism into a more socialist rhetoric that appeared to the suffering middle classes rather than just the outcast working class. In doing so, the Strassers also succeeded in expanding the Nazi reach beyond its traditional working-class Bavarian base. Now, that was obviously going to cause issues somewhere down the line. You can't have a political movement that is being funded by big business and also keep its socialist roots. It just doesn't happen. Can't happen. And Hitler worked very closely with industrialists. In 1933, he held a meeting with a number of German industrial figures and gained their trust by speaking of the communist threat. In return, they gave millions of Reichmarks to fund the Nazi party in the upcoming elections. Many developed close relationships with the Nazi regime and flourished underneath the, uh, this twisted ideology. The Krupp family supplied Germany with its arms during World War II they readily dismissed Jewish employees. And then the head of the family, Alfred Krupp, joined the Nazi party in 1938. But hey, you know, they make really, really nice espresso machines these days. Socialists, along with the other left-wing political activists, opposed the Nazi regime and were obviously persecuted underneath it. The Communist Party and Social Democratic Party, or SPD, of Germany were banned in 1933, along with the limitation of the power of everybody else who opposed the Nazi rule. Many SPD members were arrested, sent to concentration camps, or exiled to Prague, Paris, and London. Indeed, the first concentration camp was in Dachau, and that was built in 1933 and intended to inter the Nazis' left-wing opponents. Hitler was also vocally critical of the November criminals, those who led Germany after the First World War and who had signed the armistice and the Treaty of Versailles that led to mass poverty in Germany. Um, having to pay reparations to the French and the British and so on. The leaders during that period were social democrats. They instantly became traitors in Hitler's eyes. The more left-leaning members of the Nazi party were also targeted. Otto Strasser and Gregor, his brother, followed this more socialist strand of Nazism that wanted to remove the elites Hitler courted from power. As I said earlier on, that can't happen. Gregor was killed along with the other pro-worker members during the Night of the Long Knives. The Night of the Long Knives was a purge of the Nazi party led by Hitler. 
They assassinated hundreds of Nazis whom we believed had the potential to become political enemies in the future. The leader of the Nazi stormtroopers, the SA, as mentioned earlier on, including their leader, Ernst Röhm, okay, they had four million members and they'd helped bring Hitler to power in the 1930s. They were all targeted. Hitler feared that some of his followers had taken the early socialism bit of national socialism propaganda too seriously and thus might compromise his plans to suppress workers' rights in exchange for German industry, making the country war-ready. Now, Nazi persecution of political opponents exacted a terrible price in human suffering. Between 1933 and 1939, the criminal court sentenced tens of thousands of Germans for political crimes. If the police were confident of a conviction in court, the prisoner was turned over to the justice system for trial. If the police were unsatisfied with the outcome of the criminal proceedings, they would take the acquitted citizen or the citizen who was sentenced to a suspended sentence into protective detention and incarcerate him or her in a concentration camp. On the eve of World War II, concentration camps held about 25,000 inmates, most of them political prisoners. Anti-Nazi politicians and union workers either fled Germany or faced long-term confinement in a concentration camp. Ernst Talman leader of the German Communist Party since 1925 and one-time candidate for the German presidency, for example, had been arrested after the Reichstag fire in 1933. He spent more than 11 years in the camps. The SS killed him in Buchenwald concentration camp on August 18, 1944, during an air raid in a nearby factory. The Nazis were not socialists. The Nazis were not left-wing Fascism is not a left-wing ideology. It's not. And don't let anybody ever tell you that it is. <laughs>